idiots. Like Casey says, fella ain't got a soul of his own, just a little piece of a big soul. The one big soul that belongs to everybody. Then... Then what, Doc? Then it don't matter. I'll be all around in the dark. I'll be everywhere. Wherever you can look. Wherever there's a cop beating up a guy. I'll be there. I'll be in the way kids laugh when they're hungry and they know supper's ready. And when the people are eating the stuff they raise and living in the houses they build, I'll be there too. I don't understand it, though. Me neither, Mom. Just something I've been thinking about. You're listening to the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. Thought-provoking interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. From sports to gardening, from good food with close friends, to great music and movies. Provided by your hosts, Cody Stoffer, the reluctant Gen Xer, and Craig Morton, the token baby boomer. These guys are allergic to big words, but not to big ideas. Profound things will be said, but they will be entirely by accident. Someone knew our tagline at church the other day, huh, Craig? That was kind of cool. It's like, so, yeah, it's like, hey, somebody's been listening. And they're even willing to admit it to my face. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Only to you, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if they're sharing it with their friends. Maybe they, anonymously. They, they might. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, they, they probably have an anonymizer on their emails. <laughs> you don't know who I am, but you'll like this. All right, the end of the year is almost here, Craig. Oh, man. In some ways, this is my least favorite time of the year. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, Christmas, all that stuff's cool, but as soon as Christmas comes goes by, it's that week until New Year's, and mm-hmm. I, I get sick and tired of all the lists. You know, yeah. Oh, here's, here's the 10 yes. greatest plays in you know, <laughs> MLS soccer. Here's the 10 greatest smashes in you know professional badminton. You know? <laughs> Here's the best shoes for the year. It's like, come on, just do something different. I don't mind um, when a friends of mine share like the their their favorite reads of the year. Like uh, I, I'm o- I'm okay with those. Yeah, yeah. Something like that, or even movies, because I like to you know m- more conversation starter I, type. I'd rather see a friend's favorite movies or shows than something put out by some critic or you know ESPN or. Yeah, well, so much of that is so motivated by who's who, you know, maybe sponsors or all yeah. that. Good point. Oh, I didn't think about that. But yes, well, I wonder if, you know, okay, so you know how award season for like movies, Oscars and um, um, Golden Globes and all that, right? like end up being really more of a who can woo the judges the best type of deal? Who, who's the wooer? Who's the, who's the wooer? Woohoo. Uh, woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Okay, well, what are we going to talk about today? Well, you know, there's a few things we could talk about. Yes. Um, yes. But, you know, one of the things that we that, I, that you and I talk about, but then we get caught up on talking about other things, okay. is what, what, what do we think about uh, Tom Jode? 
Yeah, let's talk about our and, and, our intro a little bit. And in light of that, yes, we're coming up to the season of Epiphany. Yep. Which, in and of itself, you know, really depends on you know one year to the next, and if you follow the lectionary and all right. that kind of stuff. Right. But uh, and and when you do follow the lectionary, what do you like to focus in on? You know, do you like reading? You know, because sometimes you can read a string of you know, from the prophets, or you can read yep. a whole bunch of stuff from an epistle. Yep. Myself, I always like going to the Gospels. It's maybe just because, um, you know, I think Jesus was pretty cool. <laughs> um, but but this year, if, if anybody's going to be focusing on the Gospel, uh, and, and, what, and what the lectionary does, it kind of focuses you on a Gospel for the year. I mean, there's times yep. in the Gospel, times out of the Gospel, but it comes back to the same primary Gospel. Right. And this year, it's the Gospel of Luke. Luke. Good old Luke. And, and Luke, Luke has a different attitude. Um, well, they all have different attitudes. They all have different perspectives from which they tell the story. But the thing about Luke, uh, at least from the way I read it and the way I was introduced to Luke and the study that I did in Luke, mm -hmm. is there's so much in there about understanding economics, yes. understanding the differences between wealthy and, 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 and those who are impoverished, yep. understanding how power uh, tries to not only it tries to oppress, uh, you know, blatantly, but at the same time, power. One of my favorite lines in there is Jesus when he says, "Their benefactors lord it over them." Mm, you know, it's this yeah. idea that you know they're they're the benefactor. You know, and they're they're almost saying these powers have bought your compliance just oh. by being nice to you. If you want them to continue to be benefactors, well, bow down. Right. You know, so there's so that is such a to me a powerful story that goes through Luke, plus all the references to different ethnic groups and yep. Jesus' yep. intention to reach out to Gentiles and you begin getting this idea that the circle at the beginning is not big enough and it keeps going out further and further. Yeah. So Luke and you kind of touched on this a little bit, but Luke is known, at least this is how I come to think of it, of how it radically includes people who were not uh, typically included, you know? So Luke has right. a lot of reference to the women. Exactly. Who, I, was, I think it's Luke chapter 9. Yep. Uh, it's, it lists the, the women disciples. Yep. And uh, does Luke have the Syrophoenician woman? That's a great question. I think we'll find that out this year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> nope, I think it was Matthew. No, Matthew and Luke. That's right. They both do. Yeah, I'm, well, yeah, I'm sorry. yeah she's yep. also in Mark, though. Then she must that's be true. as the Phine she might be listed as the Phoenician woman in places too. Right. Yep. 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 But um, you know, you just get this, this, these stories of of uh, the discrepancy between wealth and power. Mm -hmm. uh, Which I mean, is wealth, wealth, power, and poverty. Which is really interesting, right? Because Luke would have been a man, uh, as we, as traditionally understood, would have been a person of privilege and even wealth, more than likely. Right. I would think as somebody who is known as a healer, you probably, right. I don't know if they were as wealthy as doctors are, you know, right. these days, no, probably no, no. kind of student loans to pay off. But. <laughs> right. But certainly was, you know, had, well, and this is something I like to share uh, when I talk about Luke. Um, and I did this last year, I think, well, it must have been, because Luke wasn't the gospel for last year, but it must have been one of the texts for one of the 
I think there's a, there's a lot of Lucan texts that get picked up at different times of the year, especially I think during Easter or um, yeah. And the one that I focused in or I, I highlighted was that um, you know here's a guy who has the ability to take apparently some time to just collect history, you know, to travel around and do history. So that's true. I mean, you do get this. <laughs> This, uh, you know, the very beginning of the book of Acts also and the book of Luke, you get this kind of report. Yep. Hey, I've been out and about hearing all these stories, collecting them for you. Yeah. So it's, so. he's a person who uses, I feel like, as, at least as traditionally understood, a person of some kind of standing, some, I would even use the word, and I know it's not popular for some people, but, but privilege, but who yep. uses that. You to know, do some amazing things and to highlight some people who aren't normally highlighted. And yeah, that might be a fantastic way to read Luke through that, that lens. Yep. Yeah. How does somebody in a position of privilege, I mean, you and I, just a couple of white guys, you know, that, that we have to admit our privilege, but admitting yep. our privilege, does that mean that we're, we're incapable of emancipating, uh, liberating, you know, others? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I use, I, I, I try to use, I've gotten better. <laughs> this is not a pat on my back. I don't know. I'm not trying to like show my progressive bona fides or anything. But I mean, you know, like I try to study and hear voices from people that I haven't normally heard um, right. more, more recently in the past couple of years. And so when I find, and, and there are so much, uh, so many gems, man, that I just want to share uh, uh, when I preach, for example, of, um, Liberation theologians, for example, um, James Cone. Uh, man, I love using. Uh, and I, I always, I, I, I enjoy going back to the uh, Latin American liberation yeah. theologians. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of those who really got things going uh, so many years ago. Yep. Um, yep. And, and, you know, one of the theologians, even though kind of from the Reformed tradition, but I think he deals well with where I'm coming from, is uh, Moltmann, Jürgen Moltmann. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's yep. definitely a person of privilege and power, you know, writing from Germany and, and that. Um, but he's had, he's in his own experiences, his theology is shaped by his experience of being a prisoner of war and yep. being a part of a regime that was evil, uh, not wanting to be, but just, you know, forced enlistment. And so he, I think he has a different perspective of, of, of oppression and, you know, kind of forced complicity to a certain degree. Yep. Uh, his story of his becoming a prisoner of war is a wonderful um, story to help you understand, but it, I think it, you know, he's a person of privilege, but uses that privilege to move others. Yes. So. Perfect. So yeah. Oh, that's good. Some excellent themes for the so, year. So speaking of grapes of wrath and Tom yeah. Goat, yeah. <laughs> and that, well, yes, I think that connects well because, uh, so our quote, right, is a line that when we open up the, uh, our podcast, we use a line from a movie. It's actually from the movie Grapes, The Grapes of Wrath. And, and I really have trouble separating Tom Joad in the book from the voice of Henry Fonda in the movie. Right. It's, like, just kinda, it's like he is it's the it. voice of Tom yeah. Joad. Yeah, I mean, that's, yep, he plays it so well, too. I love that movie. I love the book. I love the movie. Man, it's wonderful stuff. But our name for the podcast, actually, All That's Holy is a line from The Grapes of Wrath. So that's what got me kind of thinking, well, man, I love this line from the Grapes of Wrath, you know, the all that's holy. And, and so that quote comes from uh, actually from um, Jim Casey, Reverend Jim Casey, 
who in the book is a disillusioned preacher. Um, in fact, probably an ex, probably considered an ex-preacher at this point, but he probably would say he's actually really stepping into his ministry now more than ever, ever since he left the pulpit and the, the church and stepped down from a place of some privilege. And uh, the quote, all that's holy, comes from him talking about, you know, when I moved out of the church and went into the fields and started working side by side with folks and eating meals with them and just getting down and the, the you know, he calls it like the grime and the dirt and all that kind of stuff. He, noted, he found that that's, all that was holy. All that is holy. All that stuff is holy. Working in the fields, eating with your folks, uh, eating with the folks at the table. And so that dovetails nicely with the quote from the movie where um, Tom is essentially quoting Jim Casey and saying, maybe it's just like Casey says, you know, maybe we're all part of one big soul. We ain't got our own soul of our own, but we're all part of one big soul. And, um, and so I'll be, you know, in other words, that big soul is everywhere and connected in everything. And so when you see somebody and he lists some things and they are all underside pe- folks mm-hmm. is who he's referencing. You know, when you see someone getting, when a, you see a cop, uh, a, a good guy getting beat up by the cops. Yeah, but you know, some of those things just don't happen anymore. No, right. So we won't understand that in our context. <laughs> Um, at all. I mean, it's all depression era stuff, not... Yeah, nothing happens. I mean, yeah, the dep- I mean, it comes out of the Dust Bowl, which was uh, uh, environmental degradation that just destroyed the prairies. and the could, big- we could not relate. We can't relate today, but no, try to. Climate science has kind of saved us. We understand and we all understand the things <laughs> and the choices we need to make. And- yeah, and we're all doing it just right now. So I, I know it's a stretch for us to want to hear from and also back then I mean you had bankers who were trying to take advantage of people and not you know you know not not working with people to empower them you know but working working to take money from people it's just you know so many things change over the years it's amazing so different just so different but it's been like 75 76 78 years since that book was written and um and just so anachronistic I know we can't relate yeah so But yes, yeah, so we, we're trying to, uh, that's the theme that we are, we decided to go with, with is the idea of that uh, there's holy everywhere. And in fact, we probably are more likely to find it in the down and the dirty and the downtrodden and the, all these things. So I think that dovetails nicely with our themes of the epiphany and uh, Luke that we're just talking about. So yes. Love that movie. If you haven't had a chance to see it, please do. And here's a funny little um, tidbit or trivia for you. Craig, um, the song that is played at the end there. You mean little, the beginning? Yeah, in our, in our intro. Yeah, right. yeah, so what is that? It is actually named Grapes of Wrath. Really? Isn't that weird? Yeah, I, cool. I went searching for a free, you know, sound audio file that we could right. use. And I was like, I, you know, I want it to be kind of hip hoppy a little bit, but not like, you know, so far out there. But and then I, I don't know. I didn't I don't know how I stumbled on it, but I was like, this is named Grapes of Wrath. I got to listen to it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I yeah that'll work. Now, I, I wonder if that same artist who put up that uh, royalty free music also has other tunes named by Steinbeck. <laughs> Novels? Ooh, I'm going to do a little research and find out. 
Yeah, that might, uh, might oh, not have a spinoff. We could have a spinoff podcast called mm-hmm. Of Mice and Men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and East of Eden. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yes, yes, yes. Excellent, excellent. Okay, I like it. Uh, and I think uh, we're going to include... Uh, in our resources, a little uh, article about the Grapes of Wrath and it's how it's aged very nicely. Yeah, sad, yep. sad to say. Yeah, sad, right. You're, uh, true, uh, that we're still it, here. It, where... it remains uh, timely. Have, by the way, have you ever listened to um, Woody Guthrie's Tom Jode and Tom Jode Part 2? Yes, but it's been a uh, long time. Oh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. We could stick that in the Spotify uh, there we go. playlist. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Yeah. I uh, love it. Okay. So that's talking about our intro a little bit. Let's talk about some themes of the uh, Epiphany. And uh, you, Craig, you talked about how Epiphany and Easter seasons can be approached similarly. And really, they can be approached the same as Advent in a way, right? Because it's about revelation in a sense, revealing well, some it's, things. It, it's that. And you know, maybe it just shows my my um, where the lens through which I view so many things uh, usually comes into the issue of um, I don't always like the word because of all the different associations with it, but the idea of mission. How do you? What, yeah. what is the purpose? What is the, right. the drive um, to to make something known? You know, to yep. make something um, understood and revealed. And so here in Epiphany, it's like Jesus just got born something mm-hmm. new happened yep and how is this um this this new thing that god's done saying hey i'm going to live with people as a person yeah how does that become how do people become aware of that yes and Beautiful. similarly with easter it has a similar thing like hey this guy just bounced back from the dead that doesn't <laughs> yeah. happen every day Mm-mm. what happens as we let this story become known and and things move forward so in some ways that um, the I, I think Easter and Epiphany are both seasons of of mission and and speaking um, um, this this truth. Yep. Um, that that God is among us. Yes, and I love it. And and so I'm kind of piggybacking on that theme too a little bit when I'm preaching. And so I'm kind of toying with the idea of uh, it's, I'm calling it everyday apocalypse, which isn't a phrase I've made up. Actually, a uh, David Dark. Have you ever read any David Dark stuff? No, it sounds too, it doesn't sound enlightening. <laughs> it is, though. He's, <laughs> man, he's incredible. He's one of my favorite. Um, he should change his name. <laughs> I love it. And so he wrote a book called Everyday Apocalypse. And, he's, and, and for him, in the book, it was about, um, you know, God and themes showing up in, the, in mu- some music and movies, even The Simpsons, you know. And so he was uh, talking about um, uh, wh- how the well, yeah, revelation showing up in these things. So I'm kind of piggybacking on that a little bit and talking about this isn't the grand, great, big apocalypse. These are little things that we learn about the world, about ourselves. all if we tap into this, uh, you know, into this uh, reality of God, this kingdom of God a little bit. So my, for me, each week in, in Epiphany, I'm going to touch on a little revelation is how I'm going to kind of go with a, it. A little revelation, meaning a little apocalypse. Yeah, that's right. A little apocalypse and how it kind of should change how you live your everyday life. See what you're doing in your everyday life. So, so, so just uh, as a question or uh, thinking about apocalypse, mm-hmm. I mean, it generally has this assumption of, um, 
it's that which becomes before a story about zombies. <laughs> right. You know? Otherwise, we're going to have post-apocalyptic stories. Yeah. So, so, so just define apocalypse a little bit more, how you're using okay. it. Okay. Uh, and we did talk about this a little bit in Advent, too, but it's that's, the right. same, that's the same idea that um, it's, apocalypse isn't destruction. It's destruction. It's more like uncovering. You know, right. like uncovering and looking behind the way we think it is, right? The, w- the world is this way, and it's always this way, and it'll always be this way, but flowing beneath is actually what I like to call the real reality. <laughs> the real one. The real reality, not this phony stuff, man, right? Like reality show, right? You, we call it a reality show, and it's really as scripted and phony as all get out. But uh, the real reality is bubbling underneath, bubbling up underneath, and let's uncover that. So, yep. it's so, so what's a what's a way in Epiphany? Give, give, what's an example of the season of Epiphany? A story that you know shows here's one image of what's going on. Here's 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 what everybody sees, but what's really going on is this this deeper story. Is there is there a story that you can think of that kind of demonstrates that? Sure, um, but then I would be jumping right into Epiphany One. Is that all right? Well, you can give a sneak peek. <laughs> okay, so we're told, you know, there is this world. Uh, I mean, there's this story that's just trumpeted everywhere, right? I mean, it's us versus them. Okay, it's Christian versus Muslim, it's Jew versus Muslim, and there is no way that. Uh, those that's that's the dominant narrative right it's in the news it's it's if you were paying attention to the news only and i'm not saying it's fake news right i'm just saying it's maybe incomplete news because what you're getting is just this one theme and you would think that that must be the way it is all over everywhere and it is in fact even the dominant story but the truth is underneath all of that because that's the sensationalized story But the real reality beneath it is there's, there's a whole lot more connectedness in, in uh, these groups that we normally view as opposed, polar opposites, or even on a spectrum opposed to each other, that there's a whole lot more of oneness going on, and it shows up in uh, some amazing, amazing stories. Like, and I'm going to highlight one when we get to, to Epiphany One, for example. But yeah, I think I think that's the other thing is to to acknowledge acknowledge that uh, maybe just in the way we we tell these stories and understand these stories that it, it, acknowledge there's something deeper going on underneath that we don't get on first read. Right. That's right. I got somebody freaking out over here. Did you pick that up on the audio? I, I heard a little something. That <laughs> it sounded like happiness. It's happy, I think, but also <laughs> an undertone of growl going on growls are always happy <laughs> what's a what's a hybrid hybrid i don't know <laughs> it's oh a hybrid means like two things uh melded in together in a sense so a hybrid would be like <laughs> like if you uh if you take a um a donkey and a horse no is it a mule and a horse Oh, how about, how about a liger? Okay, a liger. If you take a lion and a tiger, a hybrid of that 
bringing those two together is a liger. Okay. <laughs> Done. Well, it's the same idea. Okay, little, sorry for that little... To a Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, definitely, right? That there's... We need to, when we see, view those stories, because it's not that they are not happening. Yeah, of course there's terrorist attacks, and of course there are um, radical fundamentalist people in every religious group who are fighting each other, and, and you know, that, that's happening. But... Yeah, how are you reading those stories? Are you viewing them as the dominant story or are you seeing that there's more that God's up to behind and beneath and around those stories? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. So um, some themes. You uh, Seems like uh, loneliness a little bit, right? Well, that's, that, that was, I was thinking about that one uh, largely out of... Um, my own sense of being melancholy. Yeah. And uh, I just I just tend to be a melancholic yep. person. And sometimes um, out of that comes this intention for being, the intention to be alone. You know, yeah. a lot of quiet time, a lot of downtime, a lot of uh, introversion. Mm-hmm. But... Um, and sometimes that's where I end up seeing these undercurrents. That's where things become revealed. That's right. But the, but the other side of it is for me as an introvert is to get out and, and be in public places and see what I can see there. Mm. And sometimes, you know, the isolation that uh, I can find comforting, like being by myself fishing somewhere, there's, some, there's a point at which I need to turn that one around. It's more of a spiritual awareness. Yeah. And just thinking about what are the places and what are the ways in which we engage uh, intentionally to remove ourselves from isolation. Yeah. And, and part of it is, I think the other part of epiphany is understanding this is, we're talking about ways of seeing. And right. uh, how, where do we get into different environments where we can see something that we had not intended or hadn't planned on and can actually be surprised? Right. So it's really hard to be revealed, have something revealed to us when everything's as expected. Right. Um, so, I, again, one of the things that I love to think about, uh, I mean, the major theological disciplines that we should be interested in is zoning, mm-hmm. uh, uh, planning, public transportation, um, but we tend to forget those. Yeah. And I, think, uh, I think those are really big issues. So there's, a, there's an article there that's uh, about, you know, dealing with cities, dealing with isolation, and how, how we, you know, as, how, how we get around in our places. Right. Yep. Not that we want to devalue. Sometimes you do need to to have that sense of isolation a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Right. Um, but then, what happens when you when we live in places that um, almost get in the way of right. meaningful public interaction? Yes, that not just uh, allow for isolation, but maybe even force it. But instead, yeah. how about if we go to a world that? naturally builds connection. Yeah, I think another way to think about this is what, um, well, since we don't have a lot of public transportation in our city, we don't see this very often, but, <laughs> but places, but you, we, we can see it at airports or other places where there's many people gathered. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly rare for an individual to engage with another person. Yep. There's right. almost everybody. It's almost, um, it's almost universal anymore. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their eyes on a little handheld screen. Yeah, true. 
and uh, you know we we don't have these these experiences of engagement, and so when we're when we're addicted to digital information, you know, just staring at a screen, we cannot attend to the rest of the world behind us. In fact, we end up isolating ourselves with the with the myth or the not really myth, but the the illusion that we're connecting with somebody else. That's why we're looking at our our you know either a Facebook account or or something else on our phone, trying to get some kind of little affirmation of our existence when we're not giving affirmation to the existence of the others who are close proximity to us. Right. Anyway, right. but, you know, and I think that's, you know, can turn that into a, a, an interesting theme uh, for, for Epiphany. Oh, nice. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Um, and then you, uh, there we, have a, we have an article about chalking, a chalking ceremony. Yeah, that was a, I think it comes from an old Scottish tradition, and there was a, a form of chalking that actually was, um, that would take place in the winter, but to let the, the attendant know that they're going to have to vacate when the spring comes around. Oh, no. So, I think, I, I don't really know all the details on this, but I think it was either a Gaelic or a, a Celtic tradition, you know, it came, come around, uh, came around Scotland or the Great, you know, Great Britain, British Isles that the the owner would would mark uh, with chalk on a on a doorpost or on the door and then by the spring usually pentecost the people would have to leave the home so they had a little an epiphany was almost like this well it's the time to pack your boxes oh no but there's another tradition that kind of that almost goes the opposite direction with that that's called chalking an epiphany yeah where where this is you know a way to say that this house this doorway is a place where the Christ child is welcome. Ah, love it. And it marks it as a place for the Magi to come and, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that Christ is here. And um, there's a use of, of letters with crosses that the, you know, crosses symbolize, symbolize the presence of Christ. And then these letters, um, which be CMB, and they're probably different in Latin, but they mean um, Christos. It means, it means Jesus is here. Right. Uh, yep. Uh, where is it? Christus, yeah, Christus Manchonium yep. Benedictat. Yeah. yeah. So my Latin's not so good, but basically it says Jesus yeah. is here. You know, yeah. points the arrow. Yep. And um, and then then in that tradition, on each side of this CMB, you put the decade and the year. Nice. So, so I love it. two zero cross C cross M cross B cross will be nineteen. You know? Yeah. And, uh, mm. but it's a way of putting, it's also a part of, in this, on this uh, link here, there's a blessing of the house, how to go and do this house blessing and make this a place where Christ lives all year. Nice. I like it. I like it. All right. Very cool. Those are some themes to think about during Epiphany. Um, also, uh, continuing with the idea of Luke and the social, you know, uh, um, kind of working with those on the underside or, um, helping uh, God's justice break in a little bit. Um, we have a couple books that we're going to link to, or no, one book, The Gospel of Luke and Social Justice by Angelo Lopez. And um, yeah, it just kind of goes with what we talked about at the beginning, the idea of Luke connecting with, and we, maybe we have a responsibility to the poor and the disadvantaged. So yeah. And then let's see. Let's go with, uh, let's move it, let's glide into Epiphany 1 a little bit. So, 
in Epiphany 1, what I'm going to be talking a little bit about, the, again, the everyday revelation, the everyday apocalypse, the one I'm going to focus in on is this idea that God is working in the lives of others. And when I say others, I mean, you know, if you're a Christian, well, God, yes, of course, God's working in your life and in what's going on in your community, but also God is working in the lives of others. And it should not be a surprise to us when we find that people respond to it and bring blessings. Thus, the three wise men or magi who came from another tradition, probably. Wait, wait, how many came? Well, we don't. It's traditionally three. I, I, yeah, we know how many gifts they had. But. Yes, we know the gifts. And so because they brought three, well, because only three gifts were mentioned, who knows what else they brought. Gold, frankincense, and mirror. So the tradition, yes, has been that it's uh, three. But it could be, man, it could be two. I guess it could be a hundred. I mean, it could have been, could have been three people carrying three gifts, but a bunch of people coming because, hey, there's a party. Yeah, so. that's right. That's right. So anyway, yeah, so let's yeah. banish that notion. We don't know for sure how many. But, yes, that these folks showed up. Whereas they're sometimes called kings, they're sometimes called wise men, they're referred to as magi, and that has a very specific connotation in its day and age. Those were that fits so well with the whole theme of Luke, of welcoming in the outsider. That's right. They are outsiders. They're not Jews. They're from east of Jerusalem. They okay. very well could be Turkey. It could be, what, Syria. It could be uh, Persia. Yes, yeah, could and, be among those places. And, and they may, well, maybe I shouldn't say it. What, what, what? I was just thinking, you know, maybe they're the kind of people who would have to climb over a wall to get there. Uh, you're, yes, they probably. <laughs> they have to get over these barriers that are cultural, geographic, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, because these people who come from someplace where we don't expect God to be talking to people, well, God's talking to them. That's right. That's right. And they're being spoken to, and here's the really cool thing that I like to highlight. They're being spoken to in the means that they are used to, that uh -huh. their religion uses. Um, right. At their time, they were more than likely Zoroastrian folks. Right. Um, they they've deciphered the stars. They found messages in the stars. They practiced magic that's why they were called magi, you know, whatever their version of magic was at the time, maybe healing, stuff like that. But anyway, um, yeah, so, they, uh, so they're showing up, and they are with it, man. They know what's going on. They're looking for this promised king. This, right. Yeah, it's crazy. It's good. And they're bringing blessings to the family and the promised king it's amazing it's wonderful it's radical revolutionary what will be interesting is going through going through the season of epiphany looking at some of these different texts is to understand uh how does luke carry this story keep telling this story in different right. ways uh oh, to people on their terms yep helping people to become aware of what god is doing yes um i love it yeah. So we include um, some of our resources. We have a book, for example, from Barbara Brown, Brown Taylor, uh, who wrote a book called Holy Envy. And it's not out yet. It's coming out March 2019. But it's Holy Envy, Finding God in the Faith of Others. Ah, whoa, whoa. Radical. Yeah. 
somebody was just talking about that. Well, I don't know who, but I'm excited for that one. That's going to be a good. Oh, one. Maybe we should about Zero Asprey yeah, as a, Oh yeah. Oh me. We were. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yes. That was that was profound. Another re- uh, uh, and piggybacking with this, you know, so these magi, right? They show up and they are told by this king. Oh, by King Herod, they go to King Herod. Yeah. So they're not completely perfect in their um, in in their mission, but they go to King Herod, assuming that Herod should know. I mean, it's happening in his territory, and he's the king, the person of authority. So he should be all about this. He should know. He's the king of the Jewish people, so he should know what's going on but he doesn't he has no clue and in fact his jealousy is stoked and so there's terror in the land fear and uh these wise men uh, these magi end up being saviors for the savior because they warn joseph and his family and thus joseph makes a getaway to egypt you know what i mean you know, they seem like pretty decent people. They seem like good folks. And so I, I wanted to show a couple articles, man, from some cool stuff that happened in the world. Um, and we'll link to those. I, I, they may not be in our page, I've, I've noticed. But articles of Muslims protecting Jews. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, Muslims protecting Jews. And even paying for their funerals when they've been attacked. So we'll, we'll put a couple of those in there. Um, but also this, just this idea of terror, right? In the middle of Advent or Christmas season, Epiphany, in the middle of the Christmas story, there's also this fear going on. King Herod brings destruction and pain and anguish. And so uh, I thought about sharing an article about how, uh-oh, the United States has been added to the list of the most dangerous countries for journalists. That was really surprising. I mean, Isn't that that's crazy? Surprising. It wasn't surprising, but it was, it was crazy. I think it was, what, 63 journalists were <sighs> attacked this last year? Or? That's insane. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah, so we're, here we are, right in the middle of a time of terror and, uh, and significant bias, prejudice. In fact, Craig, you probably heard about the GoFundMe campaign that was started by somebody to help build Trump's wall. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard that one. Yep, yep. Well, uh, yesterday as we're preparing for this, I found a counter GoFundMe campaign. And this GoFundMe campaign is to buy ladders so that people can get over the wall. I think that's so cool. That's awesome. And yeah, even, course- if the, even if nobody is able to accomplish it, I mean, it just as a symbol, it's yeah, pretty just awesome. As a symbol, it's amazing. But any the the truth point being, they're actually not going to buy ladders. They're going to give money to the money, any money raised, to an organization that helps people with immigration, with the immigration process, who are coming in as refugees and and asylum seekers. So, what, what I really hope is that ban- if if there's a wall, I hope Banksy comes over. Oh man, oh that'd be great. Yes, yes, that'd be wonderful. Okay. Okay. So there's a few resources. I need, I need you to probably got to go. Okay. So we're going to, how about this? How yes. about this? I, I trust you. Do you want to close off this podcast? Yeah, sure. I'll highlight a couple more things. I think that, cause we got great stuff and um, I did start, I, I, I did put on there for music that, you know, we do have a, have a uh, Spotify playlist that we're going to be building for this season. And I put the link on there. Only problem being, you're you're controlling the record button over there. 
that's true. I just walk away and it's going to be take going to last forever. <laughs> oh no. Well, I think it's a good episode and we'll, well <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. So um, this is the overview of epiphany. <laughs> well, we got into epiphany one a little bit. Um, we did. yeah, a couple. Yeah. Oh, Craig, we'll just let it go. We'll wrap it up. We'll let you go. Hey, you know, the next time we get together, we can also talk about some of the interviews we're planning and some of the people yes. we're, we're setting things up with. I think it's yes. going to be cool. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, awesome. Yeah, let's include uh, some other resources on the page, though, so that people can find. We'll build that up. Or do we want to say, okay, cut off here, and uh, the next episode highlight a few more of these resources. What do you want to do? Oh, we'll, 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 we'll highlight what we've talked about. Okay, perfect. If they're really, really good, we can talk about them again. Yes. Let's do it. It's our podcast. We can do we what can we want. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> An epiphany. We can yeah. do whatever we want. Uh, lights went off. I understand that one. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Well, sorry I got to run. No worries. All right. <laughs> How do you want to close it? How do I want to close it? Uh, what was uh, one of the songs you mentioned? Oh, God Hates Flags. You want to look it up? Yeah, God Hates Flags. I love, first of all, I love Five Iron Frenzy, just so you know. And I love uh, a side project they did called Brave St. Saturn. You know oh, about you that? know Brave St. Saturn. I didn't think anybody yeah. knew that one. I love Brave St. Saturn. That was a great, it was an opera is basically what it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah it was yeah, a rock yeah. opera. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And so many wonderful songs. What's cool is um, they would do, at least for a year there, they would do when it was a Five Iron Frenzy concert, Brave St. Saturn would open for Five Iron Frenzy. And what was really funny is all it was when they switched between the two, one person came on stage because he wasn't, you know, I think it was the horn player maybe or something. And that was it. was, uh, was, Was the woman who played saxophone. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But yes, uh, so God Hates Flags by Five Iron Frenzy. We'll close out with this. From the Let creators sure. of Big Life Hold Journal. On. <laughs> uh, along with some advertising. <laughs> Big Life Journal advertising. Maybe we can get them to sponsor us. They do cool go. things. I do like the Big Life Journal. But anyway, skip ad. <laughs> Here we go.